Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. How Analia Became an Orc Queen Part 1 by Statius Chapter 01 The sun glares down. I can feel it burning my pale blue skin, heating the hard-packed earth beneath our knees. Three days. No sleep. No food. No water. Our group was set upon by Surti, a half-demon, half-orc, an usurper to the orc throne. The true Erzire, a half-orc, half-fae is in chains facing me and my companion. What happened to the men in our band I know not. What matters now is how we are going to survive this. If Surti's words come to pass, survival is unlikely. Analia, Ambassador Ananva, you thought yourself inviolate, sacred even. He leans close taking my chin in his massive red-skinned hand laughing. Nothing but a half-breed elfin whore. This is somewhat true. I am a half-breed. Like the orc in chains behind him. I am half-elf and half-fay, a magical being to be feared. But not now. Chains bind our hands and feet, even though my companion and I are in stocks, bent on our knees, stripped naked and exposed. The chains are charmed, demon or orc magic I know not. Only that I am powerless. After I kill this whelp behind me you and your companion will be nothing but whores and chains to be used by my band. That arrogant sneer spreads across his face as he rises to his full height and drops his loincloth revealing his huge member. Hard as a rock standing erect before me, he takes it in his hand and puts it right in front of me. You and your companion. He glances at my aid, melee a half-orc, half-human. Will be a fine entertainment. I claim first, then my men. What do you think? How long would you last, fragile elfin? I wish I could answer, but I cannot. Three days of deprivation I feel half-dead already. Melee, however, being half-orc has a greater stamina than I in answers, perhaps more boldly than she should, more to me than this gloating orc before us. Normally, mistress, I might enjoy these circumstances, audience and all, but now I cannot wait to get free from these bonds and end these bastards. I almost laugh, remembering the time I found her in a local and bent over a table, an orc burying himself behind her another in front ramming himself into her mouth and the absolute bliss she was in. But this was different. This was death. Surdy didn't appreciate her words. He grabs her hair and his fist jerking her head up to look her in the eyes. Melee, mighty warrior known throughout the lands, but better known as a whore. I know just how to silence you. With a half-snarl, half-laugh he thrusts his monstrous cock into her mouth jamming it down her throat. His sack slamming into her chin. He holds it there thrusting his hips into her face over and over. She only grunts and groans a little, taking all of him in her mouth with relative ease. She is well practiced. Pulling himself out before he comes his hard shaft is covered in her spit and drool. Rumors are true. A better cock whore than a warrior. Ha! Perhaps I'll keep you alive as my personal fuck toy after this is done. Let me live, Surdy, and I'll take that cock and your head as my trophies. Defiant to the end, I see. He says no more and swings his hand hard against her face, 
blood and spit fly, some landing on my face, drawing his unwanted attention my way. As for you, elfin whore, perhaps you would like to clean up after your servant when I'm done with her? Taking his cock in his hand, he rubs it into my face, slapping me with his member and dragging it across my skin, leaving traces of melee's spit on my face, pressing his red bulbous tip against my lips. I don't open and he doesn't force it, he just laughs at my resistance. Then I hear it. A low rumble like distant thunder. He reaches down grabbing my exposed breasts, squeezing and twisting and pinching my nipples. I don't make a sound. I want make a sound. He walks around me trapped in my stock, eyeing me, touching me. His hands on my skin. I already feel defiled by this beast. Thunder rolls again. The sun still beats down. I look straight ahead where I feel the sound coming from. Can it be? Surdy drags his hard red member over my skin. My hips and my back. Even taking my hand dangling from the stock and wrapping it around his massive shaft with his own over mine and making me stroke him. I cannot avert my eyes since my head is locked in the stock. I watch in repulsiveness as I'm forced to stroke his cock, his leaking precum dripping onto my fingers. I can feel the rumble in my core. Why hasn't anyone else noticed? He releases my hand laughing and walks behind me. I'm spread, opened and unable to resist whatever happens. He rests his demon or cock on my back slowly riding between my cheeks. The girth of his member spreads them easily. I think, Analia, I'll feed you my seed and let my direwolf knock you from behind, that is after I fill all your holes with my seed. Do you know what a direwolf does when it mates with a different species? They are known to devour while they fuck their victim. Amusing to watch. Have you seen it before? Ha! No, you haven't. I can smell you. You haven't even had a man. An envu, an emissary of the elf king. Untouchable. Walking back, he kneels to my face. I am going to fuck every hole of yours, then give you to my men. And perhaps after they have their fill of your used-up body, I'll show you mercy and throw you to my wolf pack to use and devour. Surdy continued to circle me like a carrion bird circling a corpse. Leering, snarling, touching and groping my naked body. Once again behind me dropping his member between my cheeks he slowly started to ride between them eliciting roars or approval from his band, but none of them observed what I was seeing. I almost smiled that I felt it in my core before I saw it with my own eyes. A smoldering rumble in the earth. Zyre's head was still down, but his skin was turning a darker green. The fury rising in him. I knew what was coming. But how? The chains upon us were charmed, meant to prevent the use of magic. The question wasn't important, and I pushed it from my mind, focusing only on what was about to happen. Surdy continued his taunting oblivious to the rage awaiting him. Perhaps I'll leave him alive enough to watch me take and fuck all your holes, dropping my seed in every one of them? Maybe he'll live long enough to watch my wolf knock your cunt and devour you. It would amuse me to let him watch you suffer. He thinks I should be frightened. Perhaps I would be. But now Zyre has raised his head. I was staring into his eyes. What did I see? Survival and death. The whites of his eyes went cold black and his pupils fire red. His skin already a dark green turning black. The rumble like thunder that had been building in him broke like a storm overhead. His roar was deafening. The orcs guarding him backed away slowly, caught off guard. 
Serdi looked up, undoubtedly startled. Zaya rose from his knees, his eyes on fire, staring into mine. I whispered two words, the first I'd spoken in days. My love. Just a whisper, and a little smile broke from my lips. Then it happened. One flex of his arms and his shackles shattered. All stood in shock and in one movement he grabbed the chains that bound his legs and with one pull snapped them. By now I could see Serdi moving forward bracing himself. I swear his skin turned a lighter shade and his member softened. I almost laughed. Zyre held the chain in his hand and flung it at the nearest guard wrapping it around his throat. With one swift pull the head rolled in the dust. Another charged him but Zyre caught his head in his grip and squeezed, shattering his skull. The others quickly backed off. Zyre's rage was great and he smashed his fist into the ground releasing a rock-splitting roar like thunder. Surdy. Nothing else. Surdy charged him full of fury and bloodlust now. It mattered not. This would end quickly I knew. Zyre stayed low while the demon orc kept to his full height. He charged full on trusting his speed and momentum. It was greatly misplaced as his blow missed. Zyre spun out of the way and grabbed his arm twisting and pulling it back behind his body. All could hear the bones crack. Surdy fell to the ground and was trying to rise. I still wonder if he knew it was over yet. Zyre grabbed him by the throat raising him off his feet and squeezed but did not kill him yet. He flipped him over and brought Surdy down over his knee breaking his back and drove his elbow into his chest, now just an empty cavity. The body fell to the ground with a dull thud. Zyre surveyed around him and with his foot stomped on Surdy's head, grinding it into the dust. Orcs can be so brutal, but it wasn't over yet. Surdy's threat of having us nodded wasn't a jest. I could hear a snarling behind Mele and I. Behind the gates Surdy's direwolf was howling in rage at his master's fall. He was hurling himself at the iron bars and they were giving way. We could hear them bending and groaning at the assault. Zyre rushed towards us freeing us from our bonds, turning the stocks to splinters with one blow from his fist while with the other he ripped the chains that bound us. Immediately I could feel the fame magic growing in my core. I would need it momentarily. Zyre spoke as he helped me to my feet, while Mele rushed to grab what weapons she could from the bodies lying in the arena. Get behind me, Analia. You cannot survive a direwolf. Neither can you. Protect Mele with your body. My magic is surging. I have enough strength to do this one thing. Trust me, please. Protect her for she cannot live through what I am going to do. Reluctantly he did as I asked. He grabbed Mele with some protest from her and huddled over and shielded her. I turned to face the breaking iron gates and raised my arms above my head. My eyes went amber as they always do when the fey magic takes me. Translucent wings sprung from my back enfolding me like a cocoon. Just in time. The gate gave way to the wolf. Like all direwolves it was huge. Orcs used them as mounts. The wolf lunged but could not penetrate my translucent wings. Light gathered to me and emanated from me. With one swift motion I flung my arms out wide, spreading my wings. Bursts of light and heat flew from my being. But more than that. Light hardened like steel. Weaponized light. This magic shredded and burned anything I was facing. The wolf and its guards didn't even have time to suffer. It was over, and so was I. 
I collapsed to the ground exhausted. A few moments later, as I lay there barely conscious, I heard Zyre roar a command for all who remained. Kneel! Then his steps approached me, and he knelt beside me, looking into my eyes, a duller red now. You live! He said nothing but gave an orsish grin. His strong hands slid beneath my naked, exhausted body. He whispered two words before darkness took me. My love. Chapter 02 I regained consciousness when I felt something soft and damp press against my mouth, dripping something sweet between my slightly parted lips. My eyes opened to see Zyre above me pressing a wine-soaked sponge to my eager tongue. He gave a satisfying grunt and moved from the bed to a large chair nearby. I looked around me to get my bearings and figure out where I was. I was laying in a large bed covered in skins and furs, warm and comfortable. It appeared I was in a large round tent that orcs often used when traveling. It was comfortable. A large fire in the center to keep it warm on cold nights. Large enough to roast a boar over. Orcs have a voracious appetite. There was some furniture. A chair, a high stump from an oak about waist high, probably used for eating and this makeshift bed of a huge pile of furs and skins. There were weapons of various sorts scattered about, including my own. I was grateful he recovered them. As my head cleared the longer I was awake I realized he was watching me take stock of my situation. It was only a moment before I realized I was naked under these skins. You awake, princess. I have told you before, Zyre. I am no princess. A simple envoy of the king. He would never acknowledge his half-breed offspring. He knew this already. This was simply his idea of a joke. He did it to annoy me, and it worked. I was annoyed. I had no idea how long I was unconscious for, and I was annoyed and embarrassed. A simple envoy, yes, but also a trained warrior. What happened at the arena was humiliating. Wanting to drive these thoughts from my mind I took a cup of wine and some bread and cheese from a platter Zyre had placed at the bedside. I rose to a sitting position, pulling a covering up over my ample chest, watching him watch me. He was, in my eyes, a beautiful being. Nearly seven feet, muscular and well-proportioned. A strong square jaw, dark and deep brown eyes. Black coarse hair braided in the orc fashion from the crown of his head and pale green skin. He wore simple leather breeches that did nothing to hide his extremely large manhood. His chest was bare and his muscled body rippled with every move, no matter how slight. His hands were huge and calloused with leather-studded bands upon his wrists. Gazing at him made desire rise in me and I could feel my eyes go yellow with want. He watched me with intensity burning in his eyes, turning a dull fire orange. I knew desire was taking hold of him as he watched me eat and drink. I had to break this tension between us, not that I wanted to. How is Mele? Is she recovering well? My companion and servant. But more than that, my friend and the only being who has ever had me. This question amused Zyre who laughed in his orsish way, grunting and with a sharp quick laugh. Ha! Recovering? She's been recovered for a day now. It is my band who needs recovering from her. Her appetites are great and she seems to be more than they can handle. He said this with great amusement on his face. It is good to see him gentle and at ease. From the moment I met him he's been mostly serious. So Mele is more than your men can handle? 
narrowing my eyes staring at him intently. During the day she beats them senseless sparring, during the night she empties whatever strength they have left, leaving them drained by dawn. A more fitting name there is not. Ha! He roared in laughter with that dot I pushed myself up to a higher sitting position and lifted my arms above my head to stretch them, letting the fur covering me fall into my lap, exposing my breasts as I arched my back pushing my chest forward. His eyes lit to a brighter flame. And what of their leader? Is Melee more than a match for him as well? I stared intently at him waiting for his response, reading his every move. I knew my eyes were burning yellow and amber. Lust and rage. I needed to know. I did not want to be jealous of, or compete with, Melee. More laughter, gentler now, and a knowing grin, yet still his eyes on my heaving chest. I have other business to tend to Anlia. Such amusements are a distraction now. Besides, poor fellow, I believe she has the attention of Gilead. Gilead. Like Melee, a half-orc, half-human, and Zyre's number one captain. Always at his side. Poor Gilead indeed I thought amused. It isn't Melee's nature to mate with a single man. And a relief for me. His attention was, as far as I knew, on me alone. And our other companions? Do they live? Yes, they live. But keep their own company. They are itching to return home. I forbade it yet, until things are sorted out here. I knew he was referring to a treaty between his father and the elf king. With his father betrayed, or power was scattered among different chiefdoms that we sat like this for a moment. Staring at the other, watching. Was this a contest of wills? A power struggle? I did not understand, but held his gaze. And honestly, it is all I wanted to do. Stare at his form, his strong manhood. That brute strength, imagining what it would be like having him over me. And to be gazed upon with those eyes, admiring my form. I wondered if his thoughts were the same. He broke the silence, the moment gone. Breaking his gaze he stood to go, gesturing with his hand to a pile on the floor not far from where he Saturday. You have clothes here with your belongings. Your blade and knives and bow. Dress yourself, you will find melee outside feasting, drinking, and fighting ha. You can leave your weapons, you will not need them. You are safe here. I have things that need tending to. Orc chieftains will be arriving the next few days. There will be a council and feasting. I will have my servants move your belongings to Melee's tent now we know you are well. I nodded to him, and watched him leave before I rose. It was disappointing to me that I would be leaving his tent. I wondered why he wouldn't take me. Of course I knew part of the answer. I was a king's envo. Sacred. But he must know I would stay with him. Give myself to him. I all but begged him to take me. My frustration was mounting as was my need to have him in me. Realizing I could do nothing with it now, I rose from the soft furs and decided to speak with Melee. I stood gathering the clothes he left me before letting them drop. I inspected my body. I stood tall, as all elves do. I was nearly six foot. Long flowing silver hair that dropped to just above my hips. Normally it shimmered bright but I hadn't bathed in days. My legs were long and slender, my hips wide and well-rounded, my breasts ample and firm, my skin pale blue with completely white eyes, my arms slender and strong like my legs, my fingers the same, 
Was there something about me he didn't desire? I knew he liked my breasts, his constant staring at them was enough to tell me that, and the orange fire of lust when he did. It was amusing how hard he tried not to stare, that brought a smile to my lips. Looking at myself I could see the marks the shackles left on my soft skin around my wrists and ankles, but they seemed to be fading. Enough of this reverie, I must find I slid on the leather breeches over my smooth legs. They fit me well, accentuating and resting on my round hips just below my waist. Then the leather halter to cover my chest. Almost. It was tight and pushed them up higher than they already were, accentuating my ample cleavage, and squeezed them so tightly together you could sheath a sword between them, or something else. That thought gave me chills. Shaking my head, I must rid my mind of these thoughts. I decided that would have to do. Everyone here has already seen me exposed anyway. Tying my hair back I was exiting the tent but hesitated. Despite Sire's words about not needing my weapons I turned back and strapped my knife belt around my hips before stepping out. The morning was well advanced and the heat was rising. The encampment was alive with activity. Groups of orcs and the half-breeds that were with them were scurrying about, preparing for more arrivals. Some bands were already eating and drinking. Others sparring, shouting obscenities, egging each other on. Some stood around encircling combatants where the fight was interesting. This, of course, is where I found melee. Typical I thought that I pushed my way through a crowd who let me pass easily enough. I could feel the staring and leering. Perhaps surprised I walked at ease among them. And there she was, in the middle of the ring, a knife at the throat of a fallen orc. The crowd around harassing and mocking him. Mele looked about her, challenging anyone who dared. She was dangerous in hand-to-hand combat. Strong and quick. Shorter than a true blood orc, indeed, shorter than myself. But she was muscular and stocky. Thick thighs and legs. A smaller chest than mine, but stronger and broader. In all ways but height, an orc woman. And her hair. Her hair was light brown like a chestnut, and fine, like her human mother's was. I certainly understood why Gilead, and apparently other orcs here and abroad, found her appealing, I certainly did. Which is why I worried about Sire. Orcs admire strength. Have it, and you will be noticed. If not you could end up being a victim. Watching melee challenge everyone drew a smile from me. She taught me everything I know about combat except the blade. My brother taught me that. A feared warrior indeed. I decided to accept her challenge. It has been some time since melee and I sparred and I needed to stretch my limbs and stimulate my blood. Melee. I accept your challenge. With a mischievous grin. Mistress. I accept your challenge. She too smiling. A an orc, a captain I assumed since he spoke with authority. The rules of sparring are simple. No weapons unless you make a death move, ending the match. No wounding, avoid bloodshed as much as possible. Begin. I stood still as Melee began circling me. I was unsure how this would go and doubted I could take her. Certain I would end up like all the others. With her speed she leapt upon me but used too much force. We both rolled to the dusty ground and I avoided her grip. On her feet faster than me she renewed her attack but a quick leg sweep and she fell again. Elves are faster than orcs by a lot. I was upon her in a moment rolling her on her stomach 
and straddling her back I was prepared to draw my knife and put it to her throat. But not so easy. Her dexterity surprised even me. I should have pinned her arms with my legs. I did not. Mistakenly I left enough room for her to twist slightly, enough to unbalance my weight and I received a swift backhand to my face as she rolled me off her. She pounced quickly then, on me before I could recover from her blow. Melee now straddled me, both of us sweating and dirty. The dust thick around us, the circle around us growing larger and louder. Her hand went around my throat. She leaned close to my face ready to say something. I did not hear what it was. The position weakened her grip on my neck and I broke her hand away. I threw my head into hers with a loud yell. She fell back in shock. The blow caused us both to bleed. That move, proudly, drew a great roar of approval from all who were watching. But one cannot hesitate in a fight. I pounced at her, as she expected, almost. My aim was true. Just to her right I slid on the ground beside her. Melee had been in a low crouch waiting for the blow that did not come. Instead as I slid by her I grabbed her braid yanking her backwards to the ground. Coming out of my slide I was upon her, my curved knife at her throat. Did you have something to say, Melee? A bit sarcastically, I admit. She had no choice but to concede. Mistress, I concede, albeit reluctantly. The crowd roared with laughter and surprise. I helped her up and the orcs around us gave us each a mug of ale. There were looks of respect and admiration. I felt a little redeemed after what had happened in the arena yesterday. A few days ago? I do not know. Melee, I said laughing, it is a rare thing to catch you by surprise. And an honor to spar with you, but never to fight you. Mistress, I have no shame in losing to you. Except I believe this is the first time? And, after of course I've been fighting orc men all day while you've been napping. Ha! Typical melee, cannot lose gracefully, even to your mistress. If I were human... I would have rolled my eyes to make my point out we both laughed at this as did the group around us. They enjoyed the banter almost as much as the fight, I think. But Melee was thirsty. More ale! Cannot a thirsty warrior get a drink in this backwater camp? There are no serving wenches here, except the ones fighting. A voice in the crowd cried out. Roars of laughter followed. But Melee was looking for another fight, I think. Her eyes went in the direction of the voice who shouted it. Try the serving wench in a fight if you're so bold. From the crowd stepped Gilead, holding two mugs of ale, laughing heartily. Nay, nay, handing us our mugs he put his hand to his head, I just woman. My skull is cracked from our last encounter. But I could not think of a better wench to be served by. A glimmer in his eye. Call us a wench again, Gilead, and I'll finish cracking that hard skull of yours. She relaxed a little seeing it was him and took the mug he offered her, downing it in one gulp. I can think of better ways for you to finish me off. I would once wish a man to finish me off, but even in a camp full of orc warriors it seems an impossible quest. I, I accept that challenge, and will accept, again and again and again. All this was rather amusing. Anyone could feel the tension between them. Although I knew Melee would certainly give him all the opportunities he wished for I still was sorry for him. I was uncertain if she would give herself to only one man. More likely to several at once to satisfy her appetite. 
This banter was suddenly interrupted by a grunting snort I have come to recognize. Gilead, are you done with your amusement? Preparations must be completed. I looked at Zyre standing there naked except his leather breeches. I suddenly felt mischievous. There was perhaps one way to put my hands upon him. And better get his upon me. Does the leader of this band ever accept challenges? My eyes narrow looking directly at him. The crowd within hearing mumbled and growled with curiosity. Mele standing near me looked at me with surprise. About to say something I silenced her with a subtle motion of my hand. Zyre met my gaze directly before answering. All sparring rules apply. No magic, no weapons until the finishing blow. I will even go so far as to use no weapon. I ask you for no advantage, no core desire. A fair combat is all. It is no advantage I give you and there will be no quarter given princess. That word again. Taunting me. I can give back. So be it. Princeling. This last delivered with condescension. Now a real crowd was drawing in. Laughter and jests followed the princeling comment. Melee and Gilead were at the forefront as a crowd pushed and pressed to watch their leader be challenged. I was nervous now, and desperately trying to calm my nerves as he stalked back and forth, eyeing me, like a predator that knows his prey cannot escape. I had no chance and I knew it. But that wasn't the point that I stood still, as I had with Melee. It was something my brother taught me. You learn much about an opponent if you let them move first. I had speed and agility. I could probably avoid his initial blow, but I knew he was quick as well. My agility would have to save me. It certainly would not be strength that he stalked at me in an ever-tightening circle and I simply turned to keep facing him. Within arm's length instead of lunging or grabbing at me he drew up to his full height towering at least a foot above me. An intimidation tactic. He would learn such things do not affect me that I crouched back and leapt towards him, my aim to go above him. I flipped myself and put my hands around his neck twisting myself mid-leap. My hands on his neck, under his chin I pulled him backwards arching his back and throwing him off balance. As I came down a well-placed kick into the back of his calf and he tumbled backward on me, me in a sitting position his head in my lap, my legs wrapped around him tight, my hands around his neck and my chest just an inch from his face. Quick as I could with one hand I grabbed my knife but to do so I had to release one hand, loosening my grip. Bringing the knife around he recovered from our tumble, and with a fist knocked the blade away from me. I reached for it instinctively. A mistake. Now my balance was off and he took advantage. Taking hold of my arm around his neck he heaved me, and rolled. Hurling me upon my back he quickly mounted between my legs, his hand upon my throat. Yield. His weight was upon me and I was breathing hard trying to catch my breath. His face close to mine, I did not respond. His manhood pressed against me hard. Nothing between us but thin buckskin leggings. My body was responding to his pressure. Liquid was flowing from my body. His large shaft growing harder and bigger by the second, my juices flowing more as he did. I could see a good two inches of his hard cock above his buckskin, and that was little more than the crown, which was leaking fluid, dripping against the skin of my stomach. If he claimed me now, I would be in ecstasy. He did not. Yield. Again he repeated, pushing his weight upon me more. Perhaps I would have yielded long ago, princeling. 
But this is no death move. Indeed my hands were free and I would use them. Balling my hand into a fist I smashed it into his cheek, only moving his head slightly. Another blow, but he caught my wrist, and the other as I brought it to strike again. He took both my wrists easily in one of his huge hands and stretched them over my head slamming them into the ground. He was leaning over me now, his face so close to mine, his chest pressed against my breasts. He let slip a satisfied growl, his hips pressed against me. I do not know if it was intentional. My body responded. I pushed back against him, his engorged cock pressed harder against my lips, my belly. I was dripping. My leggings would be stained. I cared not. Yield, princess. A half-mocking, amused sneer. He was enjoying this. So was I. Too much. I would not yield. Though I knew I could not maintain this much longer. But the pleasure of his weight on top of me, the weight and girth of his massive hard cock pressing against my lips and stomach. I thought I might actually orgasm right there. I continued to half-struggle if only to grind myself against him a bit longer, prolonging the inevitable. Why did this have to end? But end it must. For now. So be it, Lord. I yield. With one last grind against me he pushed off me and stood above me. I lay there for a moment gazing at his bulk, missing his weight on me. I stood on my own even though he offered assistance. His look at me was one of approval. As I said, orcs admire strength and independence. There was a general chatter and mumbling. Some snickered that I dropped him so quickly. There was pride in that. Others saying they would not have let me off the ground without taking me. Some were commenting on my body, and what they would have done. Zyre heard some of it, and glowered at the crowd, but said nothing. Instead he looked around. Gilead! There was no response. I gazed round myself. No melee or Gilead. I certainly knew what that meant as did Zyre. Bah! He looked to the nearest orc. If you see him tell him to come at once. Analia, follow me. I followed, walking beside him. He said nothing as we approached a tree with a boar hanging from it, drained of life and blood. Taking his knife he cut the thing down and dragged it behind him. Hungry Zyre? He looked at me realizing I was smiling faintly. For my pack, Anlia. They have yet to feast Fode. We walked towards his tent dragging the boar with him. Around the back was a makeshift pen that couldn't keep a sheep in place. He heaved hard picking up the boar and cast it over the pen. The pack came charging. There were six of them. Huge beasts with yellow eyes all snarling and growling surrounding the dead animal. Two of them snipped at the others driving them off. My alphas. The gray is the male. Zogreb. The black is my female, Tiamat, his mate. Tiamat looked at us and came loping to the pen gate. First looking at Sire then to me. She came closer raising her snout in the air. Her nose taking my scent. I bent slightly, eye to eye with this massive direwolf. I imitated her. I raised my head in the air and breathed in her scent. We were learning each other. Zyre watched closely. It is a gift of the elves. An instinct from eons ago when we lived closer to the world, before we walled ourselves off. She dropped her head and gave a low growl of sorts, and trotted off to her meal point one of Zyre's band approached letting him know another chieftain arrived. He simply nodded. 
I will leave you to your business, sire. After this day's events I would bathe and take sustenance. He nodded and we parted ways. Mele's tent was but two hundred paces from Zyre's and upon my approach I could hear raised voices from within. Well, one raised voice as I discreetly raised the flap but a little so as not to disturb or be noticed. Fuck! Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me! Repeatedly Mele half-screaming and moaning. Gilead had her bent over on all fours and was pounding into her from behind. Her head was down her hips raised his hands pulling her into him as he thrust himself over and over again into her. I let the flap fall and backed away quickly. Fuck! Yes, yes, yes! Fuck, give me more! Give me all of it! Our shared abode was just inside the woodline, and one of the last before the forest grew thick and overgrown. I walked to the backside and slid down the outside listening to melee groan, Gilead grunt and growl as he pounded into her. My mind filled with thoughts of Zyre, and this afternoon. My body was still on fire, my slit dripping wet. Sitting, my hands slipped between my legs and down my breeches feeling my damp. Melee continued. Fuck me. Fuck, fuck, fuck me. Harder, harder, harder. Gods, yes. Pound me, Gilead, pound this orc wench harder. My mind filled with the image of Zyre taking me like that, bend over for him. Screaming for him begging him. A finger slid inside me, then two. I buried them deep between my legs, my juices soaking them. My breathing grew labored. Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. Give me that cock, give me that or cock. Bury it in me, impale me on your cock. Fuck. I'm going to come, I'm going to come. My fingers worked faster, rubbing my button, digging as deep as I could get them. I fucked myself with my fingers harder and faster like Melee was screaming for, seeing Zyre's cock thrusting into me, spreading me. Faster, faster. Harder, fuck me harder. Fuck my orc pussy harder. Fuck him going to come, come all over your fat cock. More, more, more. Deeper, harder, faster. Fuck. My free hand moved up my body feeling and squeezing my breasts, my breasts that I knew Zyre loved so much. Squeezing and playing with my nipples as my fingers went into me faster and faster. I imagined his cock pressing against my belly, and wanted to taste it. My fingers went to my lips and I sucked them, pretending they were Zyre's thick vein a cock entering my mouth. I'm going to come gonna come gonna come. Fuck, 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 fuck. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. Coming. Yes. 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 Fuck, fu, 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 fuck. I'm not done with yet melee. I'm going to fuck you till you beg me for my come beg me. Beg for my come melee. As I fucked myself with my fingers I could hear everything. Every word and every sound. He was pounding her hard. I could hear his body slap into hers. Her squealing and moaning. And soon enough her begging. Gods I would beg for Zyre's seed. Beg for him just to touch me. To enter me. To bend me over like that and fuck me hard. I focused on this thought, this one image in my mind. I was getting close, so close. Feed me your seed, feed me. Fuck, I need to taste it. Taste your cock in my mouth. Don't you want to see me swallow your seed? Swallow all that cum? Feed me Gilead, feed your or quench. Fuck, give it to me. I'm so hungry for your cock, for your cum. Feed it to me. Let me taste it. 
all while he drove his cock into her from behind. Throwing his body into hers, I could even hear his sack slamming against her skin. I could feel Zyre's cock against my gate as my fingers slid in and out of me dripping now, soaking, his weight on top of me, my breathing fast and hard, faster, faster, fuck. I'm coming, I'm coming. I tried to remain silent as I came hard, my legs closed, pressing against each other, my fingers still inside me as the ecstasy washed over me, over and over. A little squeal escaped my lips and I tried to get my breathing under control. Inside Melee was still moaning and squealing fulfilling Gilead's wish of begging for it. Give it to me! Feed me your seed! Feed me! There was a relative silence for a moment. Heavy breathing is all I could hear. Gilead broke the silence. I'm going to come, Melee! Open your mouth and taste me, take it. Feed on my seed, I'm going to flood your throat. I heard Melee moan in pleasure, and Gilead roared and moaned. Fyok! Melee moaned and coughed, gagging on his cock and seed as he unloaded in her mouth, so I thought. Then silence, heavy panting. Fuck Gilead, that was a feast of cum. It's everywhere. Laughter as they tried to catch their breath. You bring it out in me, Melee. A true wild woman. I would give you yet more if there were but time. I heard no more as I rose and walked to the front of the tent, pausing to give them a moment before I entered. They were both lying on Melee's pile of furs breathing heavy. Gilead looked up greeting me, Melee following. Gilead, and bowed my head slightly. Your master awaits you. Ah. Uh, I must go, Melee. Zyre's patience is known to be little. Although you are a worthy wench. He hurried to gather his things and dress. When Melee picked up an empty mug and threw it at his head, barely missing him, he ducked out of our tent. Keep calling me wench you bastard of an orc and that's the last time you'll fuck this wench. She burst out laughing after that. I looked upon her for a moment. Disheveled hair, naked. Come on her face and lips. Her thighs glistening with her own juices. It's been some time since I tasted her. After shouting at him she collapsed backwards still catching her breath. I was slightly jealous. Melee? I need to bathe and speak to you where we cannot be heard. She looked at me curiously for a moment before speaking. You have chosen well, mistress, but you are in a bind. A serious one. I've been meaning to speak to you. You are on a dangerous road and you must be careful. But come. We will go to the river and bathe there. Very well. To the river. Bring me a fresh robe. And melee? Bring that thing you have. I need to be filled. Very well, mistress, a robe and my tool. Ha! Looking forward to it. A sly, mischievous grin on her lips. Exactly what I want right now. Chapter 03 Melee and I walked a narrow forest path from our tent to the river. The shadows were getting deep. The sun was sinking behind the mountains and trees to the west. I kept our conversation about her, asking about Gilead. So Melee, you and Gilead? He seems charming, and you seem well-matched and challenged. Mistress. Yes, Gilead is sweet, and certainly can give me what I crave. Except there is only one of him, ha ha ha, which, as you know, is not enough. Why is that, Melee? I cannot imagine a hunger for any other man than Z, him. You haven't tried, Mistress. Having two, even three, is a feeling I cannot describe. 
being filled everywhere, all at once, all that seed, satisfying multiple men, is a pleasure beyond any I have known. The taste of a man in my mouth, while having a man in me, maybe even two in me, is bliss. I found this curious, and could not imagine craving any other man than Zyre. All I wanted was to feel that manhood in me, anywhere. I have never known a man in any way. The closest was Surti in the arena, and sparring was Zyre, whom I wanted the moment I saw him. Ha ha ha, unless you experience it, mistress, there will be no understanding I'm afraid. I do not wish it, Mele, I only wish for him. But he will not take me, I doubt his desire is the same as mine. Exactly what I wish to speak with you about. I have hinted, and asked Gilead a few questions. I know you desire him, and I blame you not. A feared warrior, a chieftain, and if he has his way, the hegemon of the Orc tribes, a king for all practical purposes. And mistress, do not worry about his desire for you. I heard what he spoke just before you lost consciousness in the arena. I did not imagine that then. He called me his love. He did. And I never recall in all my days in orcs saying such things. And my desire does not revolve around his power, melee, real or otherwise. When I rode out of the palace with Cillian, the palace guards, and you, to greet Zyre and his retinue for negotiations. I do not know. I felt pulled, like the earth herself was drawing me to him, something beyond me. Regardless, what words passed between you and Gilead? First, I won't bore you with details, but know this. Gilead has said Zyre hasn't touched a woman since that meeting. And I can verify during their stay in the palace, he not once partook in a woman. And yes, mistress, I would know. Not one of the palace servants entertained him. You know how lustful and virile orcs are so for him to not touch or have use of a woman for weeks is remarkable. We had reached the river by this time, and we walked along its banks looking for a suitable spot. We found a bend a little off the trail, where there was a low drop from the bank, sandy and hidden, fitting for a private bath and conversation. We looked around and sniffed the air, but there seemed to be no one present, no threat. We stripped our clothes and entered the cold river water slowly. It was a shock at first, but we soon adjusted and let the water wash over us. I continued my questioning. And what else did he have to say about his master? Gilead does not know much. Zyre is circumspect, and does not always make his intentions known. He did say he watches you closely, but that is no secret. She smiled that knowing look and continued. All in the camp have been told, under pain, that you and I are not to be molested. We are not for the common use that orcs are so used to. Except if I'm willing. Which, of course, I usually am. Ha! Huh. But you really haven't anything to fear. With your magic no one can touch you without your consent. My magic, as you say, I cannot control. Anything within two hundred feet of me suffers annihilation, you know this. I am surprised Zyre survived the arena, but I had no choice. And as you know... It leaves me exhausted beyond measure. My use of it must be judicial, otherwise Surti and his band wouldn't have caught us off guard. Well, fortunately Zyre has fey blood, as you do. His battle fury black skin protects him better than any armor. Still it is a hopeful sign for me that he has not had use of a woman since he came to the palace. But why not claim me melee? Why? He must know I would not deny him or resist. Nay, 
that I desire this greatly. How much of orc tradition do you know, mistress? To claim you now, being a chieftain of a small band, would be dangerous for you both. You especially. Zyre has not yet achieved power over the orc bands and clans. What if the orc bands deny his authority? Certainly he could mark you, but that gives him a month to claim you, and if he doesn't you become fair game for any orc. Orc traditions are serious, mistress, and he must abide by them. On the other hand, his threats of violence for an attempt on you will only carry for so long. And if the king, your father, is displeased, what becomes of you? Abandoned mistress, with no recourse? I cannot fathom why the king would care. I cannot inherit, and he does not recognize me as his offspring. Why he should care if I leave his royal service, I know not. I still do not understand why he kept me after my fay mother left me with him. Regardless of all that what is this marking you speak of? Mele grew quiet after that, like she knew of something I did not. The moment was brief, very brief, and her look changed, and she moved on. I will remember this. Do you not know? In times before the goblin threat, when orcs, elves, and humans, but especially orc and elf, fought incessantly, before the peace, before orcs became somewhat civilized, do you not know what they would do to conquered peoples? For all the differences between the two species, we are closely related, more alike and closer in kinship than any of the other species. For all that, mating between the two was rare, and practically forbidden by the elfin race, and usually forced by the orc, at least in the past. Except for one fabled coupling that ended in tragedy. Tell me what marking means, Melee. I only know the chieftains and hegemons received first pick of conquered women and those not claimed would be given to the common soldiers after. When an orc leader marks mistress, he publicly ejaculates on her, putting his seed all over her. Of course this was only for a woman who would belong to a single orc. She would not be given to any other, unless he publicly abandoned her. A form of public humiliation, a breaking of the spirit. An ancient method of breaking the will and forcing submission. As you know an orc can come far more than a human or elf, if he so chooses. You have seen it with me, remember? Indeed I have. Covered, dripping, head to foot in orc seed many times over the years. I remember how shocked I was the first time I saw you like that. I thought an entire war band had their way with you, until you told me it was but one. Yes, that was always reserved for a chieftain to make up his mind. It meant that a woman could not be touched until he claimed her, or not. Every orc would smell his scent upon her, but it fades over time, and within a month his scent is no longer upon her, leaving her fair game for any other. Also an elf can smell it as well, and has the benefit, for the orc, of ensuring if she did escape, no elf would touch her, having been marked by a vile orc. Of course, these days it's more symbolic of a chosen union, as pillaging orcs are a thing of the past. It now gives a woman the right to rule with her mate, and that she is untouchable by any other. But I am unsure if marking still happens. Marking would seem useless, if it is simply a matter of tradition, and if he did, I see now that my inviolate position of envoy would be finished, at least among the orc. It makes sense to not claim me now. But power or not melee, I would gladly live this life with him. Perhaps he does not think he should risk it now and a life of exile is not fitting for him or you. Like it or not, mistress, power is what he craves by birthright. 
and mistress, I know, a life of constant wandering and battle is wearisome at best. An exile is surely what he faces if he cannot be hegemon of the orcs. He and any loyal to him will be outcast, no aid to be given, should it be needed. No mating with another band or tribe, even trade is found upon with an exiled band. The sky was growing pink and purple, and the first of the brightest stars were beginning to appear. We were sitting on an open patch of grass along the river bend wrapped in furs and skins, drying after our refreshing bath, sharing a wineskin between us. The open sky above us was beautiful to see through the tops of the trees. We sat in silence watching the forest and the world go dark. Are you dry yet, Mele? I'm never dry, mistress. She dropped the fur that was wrapped around her body, letting it slide down her shoulders. Her body was still glistening from the river water, a pale green faintly lit by moonlight SND starlight. My own fur I dropped behind me and reached for her face, pulling her to me. I kissed her lips softly, running my hand in her chestnut hair as her tongue shot out, licking my lips and parting them, sliding into my mouth. A familiar yet long mist, taste as our tongues met and intertwined, our fingers traced each other's bodies, shoulders, arms, breasts, hips, inside each other's thighs. Her hands and fingers were expert. She knows my body so well. A fingernail drag sent chills through me. Her warm breath on my face made me shudder. She moved her lips from mine to my cheek, my neck. Spreading her legs she mounted my lap, sitting on me, her heaving chest in my face. I buried myself in them, sucking, licking, biting. I gently took them in my hands pushing them together, squeezing and feeling their roundness and softness. Licking between her cleavage I ran my hands down her side to her round hips, gripping beneath her feeling the firmness of her round cheeks. She pressed against me, her arms around my neck, her hands tangled in my silver hair. She broke our embrace and with one hand behind my neck, she leaned into me pushing me back onto the fur I dropped behind me, laying me down and placing herself between my legs, spreading me. She kissed me hard, forcing her tongue into my mouth. I took it gladly, sucking on it before she pulled away, sliding down my body. Tasting my skin, exploring my body with her mouth and hands. First my neck, my chest, moving down to my breasts her hands gliding over my pale blue soft skin as she moved. I cradled her between my legs, wrapping myself around her, keeping her body tight to mine, as she slid down more and more. Kissing my stomach, my hips, slipping further down between my thighs. My hands feeling her body as she moved down me, along her back and sides, then tangling in her fine soft hair. She teased me first, simply kissing my inner thighs, first one then the other her tongue soft and gentle licking my skin. My hips were already pushing gently up towards her, my movements not my own, in anticipation. I was already breathing heavy, moaning gently, letting her know how much I wanted this. She slid her hands under me, lifting me gently to her eager mouth. One hand in her hair, my other touching my own body, rubbing and squeezing my breasts as her tongue lightly licked my wet lips for the first time and I don't know how long that I moaned for her when her tongue entered me for the fifth time. My juices were flowing, I could feel myself leaking on her face, in her mouth as she licked faster, lapping up my liquid. M. Mistress Analia. There is no woman who tastes like you. Mmm, Mela. Yes, Mele. How long has it been? Fuck. 
I miss your touch, your tasting me. She worked with more energy now, sliding her long and strong fingers inside me. Her mouth and tongue found my clit, and she worked it hard, then gentle, licking and sucking it, drinking my fluid as her fingers worked inside me, faster, deeper, circling inside me. I pushed my hips up more, and pushed her head into me. My need was great, my body hungry for this, needing this orgasm I felt building inside. Melee. Melee, fuck melee, I'm going to come. You're going to make me come. More melee, more. She shoved her fingers in me deep, and opened her mouth over my wet pussy, her tongue on my clit, licking it furiously over and over. She moaned into me as I pushed my hips up into her. My orgasm hit me, my cum flooding out of me and into her waiting mouth. I could feel her tongue on my walls inside me, fucking me with her tongue as I came again and again. My hands shoving her head into me harder, holding her there as my body flooded her mouth and face in my liquid. I couldn't take any more, and finally made her stop, taking my hands off her head. I grabbed her by the arms and pulled her up. Her face was glistening in my fluids. She smiled at me and before she could say anything, I raised myself up and kissed her hard, my tongue in her mouth, tasting myself on her. My turn. I whispered to her and lay back down, pulling her over me. I want to taste you, until my face is glistening in your fluids like yours is. Yes, Mistress Anlia. She pulled herself up, and I grabbed her from beneath her legs as she positioned herself over my face, and lowered herself on me, her wetness above my mouth. She placed a hand behind my head, holding me up. I breathed deep, taking in her sweet scent, before extending my tongue, tasting her wet, soft lips. I moaned. One taste was all it took to unleash my eagerness. With passion I swirled my tongue inside her, pushing my long elfin tongue inside. Her wetness poured out of her, into my mouth. She moaned and whimpered above me, her body tensing over me. God's that elf tongue of yours, so soft inside me. She always loved my tongue. Long and slender, and flexible. Pushing into her, her juices flowed over it down my throat. I drank her up, swallowing her fluids like wine. Only she was much sweeter. M. Melee sweeter than wine, as always as I had to catch my breath. She pushed herself down on me, her fluids now leaking on my face. I reveled in this, in pleasuring her. Her hand grabbed my hair, pulling me up into her wet slit. My tongue finding her clit, all my focus was on making her come for me. I wanted it, needed it, to taste it, to make her scream. Fuck, mistress, Yesiases, lick me, eat me, taste my juices, my cum. Fuck, don't stop. M-m-m-m, come for me, melee, give it to me. Let me taste you, taste your sweet cum, feel it on my skin, let me swallow it. Yes, yes. Take it, fuck, stop talking, use your tongue. Fuck, make me come. I couldn't help but laugh. Stop talking? Fair enough. I grabbed her from underneath, wrapping my arms around her legs, pulling her down on me with all my strength. She would receive no mercy after that. Holding her down with all my strength from that position, I put pressure on her clit with my tongue, licking her hard. No more gentle strokes, but with force. Over and over, just licking her hard. She was squirming but couldn't move. How I wanted it to be. Oh, fuck. Ah. I was smiling beneath her. Waiting for her explosion. 
Ah, mistress. Ah, ah, ah. I'm coming, coming, coming. Her body shook and spasmed as her orgasm hit, washing over her, washing over my face. Her liquid poured out of her again and again, but I would not stop. I continued my tongue lashing. She squealed and screamed, pushed down on me more. I finally left her clit alone, but entered her, pushing my tongue into her. I swallowed and drank all I could. Her body heaved with every breath she took, and truth-telling, so did mine. When I stopped, she leaned over me, on her hands and knees, unable to move. I lifted my head and kissed her breasts, taking each one by turn into my mouth, laughing at her. Stop talking, Mele? Really? Ha! Tell me, was your punishment for it fitting? Or too much? By the gods, mistress, I was so close. I just needed your mouth on me. And if anything, your punishment was merciful, too kind really. I could stand more of that kind of punishment. We laughed together there in the dark, breathing and coming down from our pleasure. By now we were laying side by side under the stars in the dark forest. I assumed we were done, but I was mistaken. I had forgotten something. Mele reached over to her leather bag and took something out. On her side next to me, she leaned over me, smiling at me. Not done yet with you, mistress. She kissed my neck and reached between my legs, but I did not feel her hand. Instead I felt something long and hard slip between my thighs. Her tool. The toy I asked her to bring. Without her saying anything I spread myself open to receive it. I dearly loved this toy of hers when she used it on me. Slowly she inserted it in me. I could feel its hardness open my lips and push against me, opening my walls. I was so wet already it slid in with ease. Gently she pushed it deeper inside me, pulling it put and back again. Rhythmically, gaining speed and force, she fucked me with it. She leaned into my ear, licking along the edge. And Mistress Anlia, imagine Zyre's cock sliding in you, over and over, fucking you, entering you, like I'm doing with this toy. Fucking you over and over, entering you, spreading you, making you feel such bliss. Imagine him over you. She climbed between my legs, still using the toy inside me. His large manhood bringing you to climax, making you orgasm on his huge, thick, hard cock. Coming all over it, again and again. My hips were pushing into the toy, meeting it as melee pushed inside me, my hands on my body, my stomach, my breasts. Fuck I wanted them to be his. I was close again. I could feel it. I'm coming melee, coming again. Oh. Yosiases. Coming. And I did. I came hard as she pushed the toy deep in me, my legs closed around it, squeezing it, pressing against it. She drove me over the edge with her words, the thought of having him. She stopped, laughing, and removing the toy she took it in her mouth, sucking on it before running it over my body, from my belly to chest, between my breasts where she left it momentarily. Can you imagine, mistress? His huge member between your breasts after having you? Lost in my fantasy, I squeezed them together around her toy. She slid it up and down between them before removing it and pressing it against my lips. Eagerly I opened my mouth and melee pushed it in as I closed my lips around it, sucking it as she did. Hmm. Like taking him in your mouth after he's had you, and filled you. Yes, gods I wanted nothing more than that. All of that. Everything she said. 
Only he is much larger than this thing. That broke the tension, and again we were laughing together. For such a fragile, short-lived race, those humans are most inventive. What a wonderful tool to have, Melee. Agreed, mistress. And almost exactly what the woman said when we traded for it. One more dip in the river and we should get back to the camp, I think. As we went back to the river bank I could sense Melee was pensive. What is it, Melee? What is on your mind? Mistress, surely Zyre will smell my scent upon you. This just occurred to me. His reaction concerns me. How do you suppose he'll react? Worry not, I understand your concern. I will deal with it. As much as I desire to have him, and to be his, I am not willing to give you up. I will convince him, or I will not. We shall see. After one more rinse in the river we wrapped ourselves in our robes, gathered our things and went back along the trail. Elves and orcs see fairly well in the dark, but it was almost pitch black now in the trees. Our ears heard a rustling, a noise in the woods, something following alongside us just out of sight in the blackness. A low growl, a snarling, Mele unsheathed her knives and pushed me behind her, as I was reaching for my knives. Two yellow eyes we saw just off the path beyond us. A wolf mistress, stay behind me. I raised my head, sniffing the air about us, and caught the scent. Lower your blades, Mele, it is Tiamat. One of Zyre's pack, there is no danger here. Perhaps he sent her to look for us, or protect us. Let us keep walking. Tiamat followed us the rest of the way, staying off the trail at our side, never changing her pace. It was not long before we could see the fires of the camp and hear the bustle of feasting and drinking, and other things. We made our way along the back of the camp, avoiding the sight of those in it, slipping quietly into our tent. When we reached Sire's tent, Tiamat left us and jumped into her pen. I looked back at her and gave a low bow of my head in thanks. She snarled and went her way doubt we were not long in our abode, when Gilead stuck his head in. Ah, ladies, you return. I trust the river refreshed you. There is feasting to be done and drinking. Much, much drinking. Come and join us. Go melee, I am tired and would be alone with my thoughts. Enjoy the feast. Perhaps in a bit you could bring me a platter with meat and cheese, perhaps a wineskin. No need, Mistress Analia. My master had instructed earlier. Look about to the side table, there you will find all you need. Your master never ceases to amaze Gilead. I thank you both for your kindness and thoughtfulness. You are certain you won't join us, mistress? And you have no need of me? I may not return till dawn. Go, Melee. Enjoy your feast tonight. I have received all I need of your services and counsel this evening. Ha! Very well, mistress. Until the sun rises, then. With that they were gone to join the rest of the band and all the new arrivals. I sat upon my bed looking around, lost in thought when I heard a sound outside the tent. Mistress Analia? It was him, Zyre, outside inquiring of my presence. Enter, Lord Zyre, for this abode, as everything here is yours. You need no permission to enter here or anywhere I am. I wanted him to know. I don't know what exactly. I just wanted him to know that he entered the tent his large frame filling the entrance, indeed the whole space. I watched him from where I was seated on the bed. He looked about before his gaze fell upon me. Saying nothing, 
We simply looked at each other. I know not what he was thinking, as he raised his head and parted his lips, sniffing the air, but for my part one watched him, drinking his presence in through my eyes. I want to thank you for sending Tiamat to guide us back from the river. An escort that leaves no doubt as to one's safety. HMMFF. I cannot take credit for it. It seems my female has a mind of her own, and you have a new protector. Impressive how she took to you. Wolves do not usually do so without a strong hand to train and discipline. I did feel connected to her immediately upon meeting her, when we sniffed each other's scent. I will find a way to give her my thanks. But to what do I owe this visit, sire? Not to question your presence, it is pleasing to have you. And it is pleasing to be in your presence, but there are many new orcs in the camp, Anlia, though not enough. Be careful to whom you speak, I suspect some challenge, and maybe treachery. There will be a council and feast tomorrow. It would please me if you joined me. I will, my lord, if it is your desire I do so. I am not your lord, Anlia. I do not command you, and never shall. You are my equal, and no other way will it be. All my band have been told, they obey you as they would me. This I did not expect. I was shocked, and knew not how to respond to this. My silence must have been deafening as I sat there just staring. Keep in mind that is my band, not the others. There may be a dispute, over my authority, and over you. I will not tolerate any of it. I hope for a peaceful council, but orc councils can be violent, or amusing. We shall see. I understand, Zyre. I will be at your side tomorrow for the feast, and counsel if it is your desire. So be it then. Take your rest if you will, or join us at the feast tonight. I shall take my rest, Zyre. Thank you. He nodded towards me and went to leave, but after stepping halfway out, he turned and came back inside. It seems you are well protected, even from me, ha. I need no protection from you. What is it you mean? Your new guardian is outside your tent. Tiamat is lying here, glaring at her true master. It seems she doesn't think Melee, or myself, is enough. He found this amusing, as he laughed heartily about it. You are better protected now than in the highest tower in the elf king's castle. I certainly will sleep soundly then. Thank you, Zyre. Oh, I would speak to you more, about other things on the morrow, if you have time. About? I have time now, Anlia. Melea. You needn't concern yourself. I can smell her scent, as I did at the palace not long ago. There is a bond, and loyalty rarely found between you two. There is no resentment here, nor will there be. I understand the nature of it. I will leave you to your peace, Mistress Anlia. With that he left, and as he did so, I heard an orsish bark and low growl in response no doubt giving a command to Tiamat. After a few moments I stepped out, I don't know why. I wanted to see him again, perhaps, and I did. I watched him walk away, speaking here and there to his band. I touched Tiamat's head, scratching behind her ears, as she looked up at me, then put her head down on her front paws. I went inside and grabbed a handful of meat and gave it to her as Zyre lost himself to my sight among the crowd of orcs and tents. I went to the bed of furs and pelts and covered myself to think and fell into a restless sleep with a disconcerting dream. Chapter 04
I stepped into a clearing from the forest, and the shining sun was a blinding contrast to the shadows of the dark, shadowy wood. The clearing was compassed round by a stone circle, huge standing stones that were said to be erected by the Fae, in a time none remember. I stepped between the stones, and looking about I saw an ancient woman dressed in a cloak of brown and green, worn and tattered, she had long gray hair, and stepped softly barefooted upon the soft grass. As she stepped, flowers and herbs and plants of all kinds sprung from the ground, and she would stoop and pick them gently, placing them in a leather bag slung at her side. She seemed to pay me no attention, and I did not speak but waited patiently for her to finish her task. Something told me she knew of my presence, and I should wait silently. After some time she turned her head in my direction looking me deep in my eyes. For as ancient as she appeared to be, her eyes were bright and clear, gray in color like an overcast steel-gray sky. When the light knows its strength and wisdom, and the darkness ascends to power, the two will become one, the old world will pass and a new age will be born, dispelling that which plagues the great mother and her children. She walked to the edge of the stone circle and faded away into the forest. I awoke in a cold sweat and silence. Her words haunted me in the darkness that I stepped out of the tent to get some air and clear my head, putting the dream in the back of my mind. This is not the first time I had heard this prophecy. But what is a prophecy but words to be twisted how one will? The only thing that mattered to me was how to become his, and how to make him mine. The air was crisp and cool. There were low burning fires. Most of the camp was asleep being well into the third watch. Dawn would be coming soon. The only sounds I heard were Timat's breathing, and some women moaning here and there with the grunting of the men that were having them. Some in the open, some coming from tents. Orcs never cared about where, or who was watching and I was beginning to sympathize with the feeling. My desire for him was growing by the day and I was getting to the point where I wouldn't care if he took me in front of the whole camp. Still it was a shock to see it so openly. I saw an orc woman on her hands and knees, an orc impaling her from beneath, one behind, and a third in her mouth. A human woman mounting an orc who seemed barely conscious, she moaned as she slid herself upon his massive member, her eyes staring at me as she did so. Another on her knees taking two in her mouth, one after another, trading them out turn after turn. Even a rustic elf woman from the borderlands had an orc in her mouth and a human woman beneath her, being watched by several others, perhaps waiting for a turn. All this in the open, scattered about the dying fires among the tents. Certainly an orc encampment was far more free than an elf city, or human one for that matter. Such things would take time to adjust to, if this becomes my life, and it is the life I wanted with him even if I could not imagine living like that always being taken on display for all to watch and lust after. I was certainly warming to the idea of being claimed by him publicly, if that's what it was going to take to make him mine. The sun was breaking in the east turning the sky pink and purple, the stars fading as I made my way back to my tent. I avoided passing Zyres, because I did not want to know. When I entered Mele was back, lying on her pile of furs and skins, but not sleeping. Another restful night Mele? More restless, mistress, than restful ha. But always worth it. Just you and Gilead again? No. Another band had arrived and he knows them. So it was him and a few of them. Six total, I think? I cannot remember. Such bliss I lost count. And he doesn't get jealous at all? 
watching you with others? Ha! No, I don't think so. Orcs actually enjoy sharing. It seems to make them wilder, and besides, I haven't known him that long. He would have little right to lay claim on me. My intentions are always clear, you know that mistress. Oh, and he does very little watching. He's always ready to be inside me. Like all orcs, surely you've noticed they are almost always hard. I know you've seen Zyre. I've seen you staring at it. Oh, that grin of hers, always mischievous. I make no pretense at hiding my desire for him, Mele. And yes, he always seems to be rigged. As they all do, it would be impossible here not to notice all these men, ready all the time for any woman who looks at them. Yes. Oh, this is my paradise, I swear, ha! I do hope, mistress, that he will claim you. I would never leave your side, but this life outside a palace is more free. There are plenty of willing partners in the palace and city melee, ha ha. But yes, I agree. I think this life would sweet me as well. I must ask you, though, did you see him at all last night? You are far too concerned about him, mistress. But yes, he feasted with us briefly, and later on he came by making rounds around the camp, and caught me in a compromised position, giving a sheepish grin, between three of them. He paused a moment, said something to Gilead and moved on. I never saw him with a woman if that helps. I'm certain he only wants you. All the orc women especially are trying to get his attention, though. Did you hear what he said to Gilead? No. I was a bit, um, my ears were filled with my own screaming. Another sheepish grin. Well, it sounds like your appetite was filled last night. My appetite, my slit, my ass, multiple times, ha. Huh? I won't bore you with it, though. I would hate to make you jealous. Bwahahaha. Ha ha ha. Jealous only because I cannot have him yet the way you have the others, Mele. But eventually, I shall have him, and give him everything I want. Then I will be jealous of you. Taking that orc inside would be the greatest bliss. Oh, mistress, I am perhaps a little jealous that you will get that monster cock inside, leaving the rest of us deprived of that. For sympathy, Mele, I am jealous that you receive your pleasure as you will, while all I want of pleasure is him. I receive pleasure, certainly, and cock, and come, and more cock, ha ha ha. But be patient, mistress. He is already yours, and you, his. Soon enough you will be filled by him, with both pain and pleasure, for certainly that gigantic cock is going to hurt. A pain I desire to have more than anything. And though it never appealed to me before when I would see you covered, I strongly wish to feel his seed on my skin. Love then it is that brings that out in you. It's amazing, though, and surprising. Nothing can prepare you to be bathed in cum mistress, but every time I accept an orc's load upon me, the slightest touch inside me brings me to orgasm. That is why I love it so much, and no species can come like an orc or taste like an orc. There is a different taste to their seed that no other has. A sweetness, a bitterness, almost like honey. A thick, white, viscous, kind of salty honey. I'm making myself hungry again, ha, and giving me a craving as well, ha ha. Being honest, melee, I'm not sure I could take him in my mouth. He may be too big for me. It can be a challenge, but simple enough to learn. You can down an ale in one gulp, so you can swallow a massive cock just as easily. Just relax your jaw and throat, open it up, and take it, as much as you can. 
The hard part is breathing through your nose as you or him. Slide that hard thing in and out of your mouth. Oh, and pay attention to the head with your tongue, they love that. It is not only about taking their whole cock in your mouth. Take the head, lick it, suck it, swirl your tongue around it, and stroke his member. There's a sensitive spot just under the crown. Focus on that as well. When you're ready you can take the whole shaft in your mouth and into your throat, then he can fuck your mouth if you like. You make it sound simple melee, but when I watch it happen, it looks more difficult. Certainly your jaw will tire and be sore, but nothing makes me wetter than a hard cock in my mouth. Watch out for his cum though. Works can come a great deal, and it will flood your throat and mouth, so prepare to pull off when he comes. Choking on cum isn't always fun unless you're used to it, like me. Ha! Well, choking doesn't sound appealing, ha! But we shall see. I have another hunger now, Mele. Let us go to the fire pits and see how we shall break our fast. Yes. Gods, I'm famished. These orc men really work me hard and I could use something to bring my strength back. We dressed ourselves, me removing my robe and putting on a long leather vest covering me to my hips and leather breeches. Melee a leather brazier and breeches like mine, our knife belts with us. With so many new orcs around one just never knows. We walked through the camp, the sun well above the horizon now. On one end of the encampment they had huge pits with meat spit roasting above them. Boar, venison, rabbit, and other meats cooking over the open fires. We reached that part of camp where the food was prepared, and most of the pits were in use, and though I do not know what brought it to mind, I thought of my dream and the prophecy, when light knows its own strength and wisdom. Those words echoed in my mind when we came upon three orcs who could not keep a flame alive. The wood is too fresh, fool. Don't you know how to use your flint? How hard is it to light a fire? Bah! You try then, if you can keep it lit you can have my half-breed human elf woman tonight. You'll fail just as we did. Melee and I watched this banter, and a thought entered my mind. Hold here, Melee. I wish to try to light this flame. Mistress, I do not know these orcs. Perhaps we should not draw attention. Indeed, I see no one I recognize. No, Melee. I will make this attempt. What? What are you staring at, elf and whore? See something you want? One or all three? Your friend, too. A fine morning it would be. With that he pulled off his loincloth showing us his hard manhood. The others followed. Melee was about to speak her hands on her knives, when I motioned her to stop. My name is Analia, and I would make an attempt at lighting this fire. You can light a fire, on your knees or back, ha! All an elf woman is good for, fucking and breeding. It was difficult to keep my patience with this insolence, and I could feel my eyes going amber. Instead of responding I took the log they were trying to light and held it in my hands, gripping it hard. I closed my eyes and focused on the log in my hand. Ignoring the comments being made. Looks good with a log in her hand. Needs another. And another, ha. And one in that mouth, and those tits, take that vest off whore. A moment more and I felt my skin grow warm, then hot. Focusing on my hands I could feel my body cool after the initial heat, except my hands were growing hotter and hotter. This was new to me. Never before had I tried this, it never even occurred to me to try. In a moment I heard the wood hiss, then sizzle. The bark split, 
and when I opened my eyes the wood was smoking, and embers were burning on the surface. I held it a minute more, then it flamed hot and high, flames covering the log when I threw it into the pit. Immediately it caught the wood and kindling around it in flames. Witch. The witch of the woods. The three stepped back, anger and fear on their faces, growling and snarling. Melee brandished her long knives. To end this, I set my whole body aglow, my translucent wings appeared and I levitated, eyes burning amber. Attempt me or any woman in this camp with force, and you will be ash on the wind. To make my point, I held a piece of wood and flamed it bright and turning it to ash, crumbling it in my hand. And if she does not, I'll gut you with my hands, feast on your flesh, and use your bones to pick my teeth clean. I lowered myself to the ground, and turned. Zyre was standing behind us, glowering at the three. Fear was certainly in their eyes now. These are guests in my territory. You will respect and bow to her commands. Tend to your duties and learn to light a fire. They grumbled and went about their business. I could have gutted the three of them in minutes. Melee was muttering. No doubt you could have, Melee. Simpletons is all they are. Fear keeps them in line. No need of violence yet. Come, there is food in my tent. We will break our fast together. We walked with Zyre back to his tent with Melee astonished at what happened, asking questions I could not answer. Mistress? How long have you been able to control it? I never knew I could. Something in my mind told me to try. It was impressive, mistress. But I wonder why you are not exhausted? I do not know, Melee. All there is to say is I feel fine. I do not feel spent or tired at all. And yes, usually my magic leaves me weak. At this sire spoke. Impressive indeed. Those three were terrified of you, ha. We arrived at sire's tent and entered. As was promised there was nourishment, food in abundance with ale and wine. Zyre and Mele ate with abandon, as orcs usually do. Zyre continued about my display earlier. Why do you call it magic, Analia? You are half fey as am I. My power is no magic. Magic comes from without you. Herbs, potions, spells, and incantations. This is within you, in your blood, as mine is. To be controlled as you will. I never thought of it like that, Zyre. We were looking into each other's eyes. He was shirtless, as usual, and I could not imagine him needing his battle fury in a fight. His hulking form was enough to instill fear and trepidation in anyone. It was hard to focus on his words, looking at him. His eyes held knowledge. His body held power. He carried both well. His musculature was so finely toned and yet bulging. His leathery skin smooth except a few scars here and there. His hands were so large he could cup a man's head entirely with one. And all I could think of was getting them on me. Why my lust and desire were so strong with him, I know not. What I wouldn't give to know his thoughts of me. His hardness was no clue, as orcs are almost always erect. All I remember was being told from when I was an elfling that my magic was dangerous, and its uses limited. As if I could run out of power. I have a question of my own. They called me the Witch of the Wood. What is that? All who live around and in the woods here fear her. She is a great power. It is said she is cannibalistic, and any who fall into her clutches never escape. Most fear to even speak of her, orc elf, or human. 
all who are lost to the forest are said to be her victims. I have heard of her mistress, but in my time in these woods before I served you, never had I sight or sound of her. I think it is rumor only. No melee, she is very real, and not a witch, at least not in the way we think of witches. She is powerful, and shows herself only when she will. You have seen her then, Zyre? Are the rumors true? Perhaps. Some stories are true, others are made to be true. I have lived in these woods my entire life. Respect the forest, and the forest will let you live. That seemed rather cryptic, but he seemed to want the matter to drop, so we finished our meal in relative silence. After a bit melee was getting restless, I could tell, and she kept eyeing me, not prompting me to leave, but to do something while I had him here to myself. Well, I need to go to the river and bathe again. Mistress? Will you be needing me? I do not. Go as you will. No need to go to the river, Mele. Shout for Gilead. He will get a tub of warm water brought to your tent. Very well. Thank you, I shall do so. She left, and immediately she could be heard shouting for Gilead heading towards his tent. Zyre and I were alone and I debated on whether I should question him about myself, tell him my thoughts, and ask if he shall claim me or not, or why he hasn't done so. These things were burning inside me and I wanted to know. Zyre, I would know from you why you will not claim me as your own. My desire for you is known, and I can see it in your eyes you desire me. The orange fire of desire is in your eyes. You called me my love in the arena. Why will you not take me? He looked at me steadily, eyes narrowing. He rose and reached down beside him, picking something up. My reasons are sound. Yes, Analia, I desire you. I have always wanted the elf maiden with the flowing silver hair. From the first, many years ago. Many years ago? What do you mean? This was a shock to me, another surprise from this orc who never ceased to amaze me. I was just out of my orkling years when my father made his first call upon your king. I was nothing more than a nameless guard in his following. I had to earn my place. You were there, and from that day your face has been with me, no matter what. Never have I forgotten. You would not remember, but even then I was drawn to you, like the very earth drew me to you. I had to smile, even though I was in shock. The same words I used to describe it to Mele. I would have you rule at my side, Analia. But I cannot claim you yet. Taking you now may cause a war with the elf king, and maybe even within the orc bands. I do not yet have power over all the clans and they will require you to prove yourself before they accept you. And there is still Surtis people to deal with, which I ride out in a few days to deal with if the council tonight goes well. Tell me why Zyre claiming me would cause a war? My father made a treaty of peace and cooperation with your father. Surely this will stand? You do not seek his permission? I do not need his approval to give myself to whom I choose. No. I do not seek his approval or that of anyone. Only yours. But there is perhaps treachery, and I need to know for certain. Right now I cannot trust the king's word. These were found on Surti and his band after the arena. And worse, upon the goblins that attacked us first. He handed me a leather bag filled with gold coins, coins with the elf king's marking. Now I knew not what to say. What was this? What did it mean? Why would he betray you? Your father? 
He knew I was with you, and my other companions. I do not know Analia. Serdi is dead as are most of his followers. Answers are hard to get. Perhaps his clan will speak when I arrive in power in their territory. I cannot afford an orc war. The goblins are attacking villages in greater numbers and getting more bold. Orc, elf, and human villages are in extreme danger. We need peace among the species, or we will all fail. That is why I cannot claim you. Be patient, Analia. You will rule beside me, but it must wait. We must be cautious, even though it is not my way. You may be in grave danger as well. As you said, he knew you were with me. He sent you with me to conclude the peace with my father. Why would he betray you to certain death or worse, at the hands of Surdy or goblins, a life of breeding slavery? His eyes flamed red and his skin crackled and turned black with these words. His rage at the thought told me all I needed of his thoughts about me, if I had had any doubts after what he had already said. I know certain things about my father, but not everything. He always treated me differently, at arm's length. He ever feared my power from its first manifestation. Why he took me and after my fame mother bore me I know not. But I know this, he fears prophecy and the end of the pure bloodlines at the hands of half-bloods. Do you know the prophecy? When the light knows its strength and wisdom, and the darkness ascends to power, the two shall become one, the old world will pass and a new age will be born, dispelling that which plagues the great mother and her children. Have you heard this? I have. My father knew it and often said it was about me. I know not. Prophecies can be twisted to mean many things. But if one makes up one's mind as to meaning, it matters not what the truth is. The elf king would hold to his power over anything Zyre. If he but suspected you would claim me, or that I would have you and let you have me, he may betray us all, fearing for his rule. Perhaps. We cannot know for certain and I must find a safe haven for you in the meantime. It will not be accepted yet for you to ride with the orcs until my power is secure, and you are accepted. No. I will return to the palace with Melee and an escort of those you trust as if I knew nothing of these threats. I will get the answers you need and return here to you, where I belong. Bold and dangerous. I do not trust it, Anlia. If harm befalls you I will rip this very earth apart to find you with those who stand in my way. I belong with you, and I believe there is no fate to keep us apart. I cannot accept a fate in which I am not yours, and you mine. Let me go, Zyre. In life or death, we will be one. Just then Gilead entered the tent. Lord Zyre and Mistress Analia, good you are both here. I have news that concerns you both. It seems your confrontation at the cooking pits has angered their chieftain. Zila has issued a challenge to the witch-elf woman. I accept that challenge, Gilead. Hold mistress. She has terms. The fight will be with weapons, and if she defeats you she says she will drag you in chains to be used by her band. This is serious, Analia. To accept an orc challenge one must abide by its rules. Zyre was clearly angered by this, as was I. But I saw an opportunity, and I would take it. What angers her Gilead, if I may ask? The insult to her band may desire's protection of you. And there is rumor you would be his consort and rule with him, even though you are no orc and unproven. So jealousy, I would say. So she threatens violence, rape, and degradation at the hands of her band? 
Very well. Here are my terms. My victory will be her life. Should I prevail, she will bleed her life out in the dust. And if I may say, I would be his consort, with or without the approval of any. I looked at Zaire when I said this. He gave a simple nod of his head before speaking. Are you certain, Analia, you want to do this? I cannot intervene, at least not yet. There may be a negotiable answer to this and vengeance can be served later. No, Zaire. She challenged combat. She threatens violence and rape. Her insolence will be answered by my blade. I, too, can be vengeful and bloodthirsty, and I will have my satisfaction. Gilead, tell her I accept and give her my terms. Her band as well, when she is dead at my feet, will swear unending fealty to me, or suffer at the hands of the witch-elf woman. And Gilead, tell her it will be at the council this very night. As you will, mistress. With that Gilead left. You are certain of this? Yes. It will allow me to prove myself before all here. And none can touch me without consequence. You know this. I am learning control. To prove this I stepped to his fire pit and picked up a log. Holding it I felt my power welling inside me. My hand grew hot with a burning light around it, and log burst into flames. I dropped it, and the pit lit in flames. You are perhaps the most powerful being I have come across, Anlia. A fine warrior, as all here shall soon see. A more worthy consort and queen there is not. Is it my power you crave by your side, Zyre? No, Anlia. As I said before, I laid eyes upon you before I knew you had power. Since that day I have craved to have you, and nothing and no one I've had could change that. It is well you tell me these things, Zyre. I would hear them for a thousand years more. I placed my hand upon his just to feel his skin on mine. All I do is to have you, and to be yours. I believe the fates will have it no other way. But I shall leave you. I have preparations to make, and need to put Mele at ease. She is likely to hunt this orc woman down before I have my satisfaction. Very well, Anlia. Prepare. I must get the council set. The sun is beyond its highest point, and they will gather at dusk. I rose and left his tent going to my and Mele's abode. I have not held my blade since before the arena and I would be familiar with it again before I impaled this orc chieftain to the earth. Entering the tent I took my blade in my hand and unsheathed it. The blade shimmered in the light. A gift from my brother when he taught me how to use a blade, there was no one better. His name and his blade inspired fear everywhere. He trained me for years, and I am yet to meet one who could best me with a blade. I flashed and flipped it, swinging it about the tent. To ensure its sharpness I gave a swift swipe to a leather vest. The blade sliced it in half with no effort. This blade rarely needs sharpening. I could flay the skin off an opponent if I so chose. Mele entered in the middle of all this. Mistress, I have heard. Let me stand in for you. Such things are not unheard of. I will cut this orc chieftain down. Thank you, Mele. Your loyalty is true as always. I must do this myself. Nay, I want to do this myself. I will avenge the threats made to me myself. I do not fear this orc woman. But come, Mele. Practice with me in the sparring circles so I may loosen up and remember my blade. We went to the sparring grounds and I practiced my blade. Attacking and defensive moves, over and over, eventually drawing an audience. 
Among them were Gilead and a few others of Zaire's band. The object was not to defeat Malay, but simply to practice, but our audience did not understand. There was talk of how I should do this or Malay should have done that. So then we stopped, and I addressed Gilead and his men. Gilead, there seems to be many opinions on how I handle a blade. Come, two or three of you enter the sparring circle with your weapons. Attack when you will. Melee will not be involved. Only myself. Come when you are ready. Are you certain? We are trained and combat-tested mistress. Worry not. I will not harm you seriously. Perhaps a light flesh wound, nothing more. Come Gilead, test my skill. They did, beginning with two. In a few minutes they had both been disarmed. The third was a giant of an orc, an overconfident, trusting in his size and strength. With my speed of movement and hand, he too soon dropped his weapon when my blade cut the top of his hand. The surprise caused him to drop his weapon, and in the blink of an eye my blade was at his throat. The day passed quickly, the sun, though still high, began casting shadows behind the mountains and trees. I was dusty and dirty and thirsty. Have you all had enough? I will give you rest before the council and feast tonight. I feel well practiced for my challenge tonight. I, Mistress Anlia. Take your rest, and give us ours, ha! Your opponent almost has my sympathy. Almost. Gilead, always with a joke, then approached me, speaking quietly. You have nothing to fear, Mistress. Zila is not the warrior you are, a strong soldier, yes, but no warrior. She is sorely outmatched. Besides, Zaire would never allow you to be taken. He would destroy this entire camp in his rage, and everyone in it. This is not only about you, I am certain. Rumors say she was in league with Serdi. This is perhaps her way of vengeance against Zaire for his death. Thank you, Gilead. That will make this easier. Dealing death needlessly does not please me. So she betrayed Zaire's father and him, and would have seen myself and Melee dead or worse already. We will be watching, of course, and her band is already being watched. That is why Zaire was there at the pits this morning when this began. Enough, though. It will be over soon. I will have a tub and water brought to your tent quickly. Thank you, Gilead. Your friendship and loyalty are appreciated, and will not be forgotten. Always, mistress. A quick bow of his head and he was gone. Melee and I started back to our tent to wait for what Gilead had promised. Are you certain you will do this? I am Melee, and I think I must. I cannot be seen as a simple envoy, a fragile courtier. I must show them I am a warrior, that I can and will hold my own and avenge a wrong. I would live among them and to do so I cannot show weakness, not just for me but for him. What would be said of him if he chose an untested, or weak consort? How would he rule? A consort of the orc hegemon must be strong. Has he said something to you? He has, and I will tell you in our tent where it is perhaps more private. We arrived and entered. Gilead had already fulfilled his promise, as two of Zaire's men were filling two tubs with warm water and preparing to leave already. I gave to them a few gold coins and a bow of respect. They took the gold gratefully, bowed, and after throwing Mele a look, they left, as they did so Mele said after them, I shall reward you both later, both for myself and my mistress, again, and again. Ha! The orc men laughed and said they would look forward to it. Again.
Acquaintances of yours, Mele? Hm. Ha! Oh, believe me, mistress, they know me well, inside and out. Ha ha! Oh, Mele, do you ever tire of it? The constant sex? Always being taken however they wish? No, mistress, never. And so you know, I do the taking as well. I would have it the way I want. It is not always about the men. What fun would it be if I didn't receive what I want the way I want? Pleasure for a man is simple, usually. He comes easily. Certainly for an orc it's different. As an orc can come over and over again, it is still simple to make him come. A woman, however, is different. It takes more to make a woman come multiple times. That's why I prefer orc men. They just stay hard and want more and more. That and their cocks are the biggest of all the races and it is a challenge to empty an orc of his seed completely, a challenge I love. You will maybe get to find out and become addicted to it as well I hope. Tell me now what transpired between you and Zyre. I briefly told her what was said between us as we stripped and bathed ourselves, leaving out for now the possible betrayal of my father. There would be another time for that, but it did bring something else to my mind. Something I would ask her about as we dressed ourselves. Mele was wearing simple clothes, a cloth banded around her chest and a long wrap around her waist, long and flowing, a slit running the length of her strong legs. I put on my leather vest tied with leather strings in the front and leather breeches. One could not fight easily in a wrap, my sword sheath and slung over my back. I have been thinking, Zyre and I only discuss claiming me, not marking— and I may try to get him to mark me this very night, Mele. Maybe before the council and my duel with Zila. I would feel more secure in my position with him, and I would have the world know. I have no desire to return to my former life, no matter how brief, before he claims me. Is it wise to push him? He said it isn't safe to claim you, and he has reasons. Marking isn't claiming, it does not make me his consort, it only declares his intent and I will prove myself tonight. Surely in a month he can consolidate his power and be secured in his hegemony, then not even the elf king, my father, could dispute. Regardless, I will make the attempt to have him mark me with his scent. Well, mistress, I hope it goes well. I see no reason why he would not mark you, other than my scent being on you, but he must be dying for a release. Careful, mistress, there will be more than any amount even I have seen from an orc, if he truly hasn't had release since before the palace. You will be covered more than you can imagine. You needn't worry about you, Mele. I have spoken to him about you. He knows I would not give you up. That way, or in any other way, he seemed not to mind it. He must know my heart is with him, and you and I seek a different pleasure. As for being covered, if that is the orc way, then so be it. I shall take what he gives me, however much, to have his scent and to have all know I am his. Mela, are you and the mistress Analia ready? The feasting is beginning, and I would hate for the both of you to miss the best part. The drinking. Come, the fires are lit, the meat is roasting on spits, and the night is warm. Gilead, indeed we are ready. And you lie, the best part will be when I am spit-roasted, ha! Oh, what a sight that will be! And there are many waiting to be the chosen ones, but drinking and feasting first, no? Ha! Only one gets chosen Gilead, at least for the spit roasting, for one end or the other I will have your monster inside me at all times, as soon as I lose this rap, I, Mele, 
and I would have my monster in you at all times, whatever end you choose. Mistress Analia, forgive our banter, Zyre will be joining us shortly. He is in his tent yet, making final preparations. Join us. Ha ha Gilead, nothing to forgive. I have been with Melee far too long not to expect it. I would join your master in his tent before the feast. Do you think he will see me? Aye, he would drop all for you, certainly, even if he won't say so. Go, and feel free to enter, he will not complain, I think. So we parted ways and I made my way to Zyre's tent. The door flaps were closed, and I could hear the roar of a fire within. I called out to him, letting him know I was there. Zyre, it is I, Anlia. You needn't ask permission. Ho's words behind me, unexpectedly. I was startled and jumped. Ha! Skittish elf maiden? Ha! I was just feeding my pack. Come, enter. He entered first, pushing through the thick heavy leather flaps and letting them fall closed behind us. It will be an eventful evening, Anlia. Much has Byrne accomplished the last few days. Not all are declaring fealty, and there are some who have not arrived that should have, but it will be settled soon. I expect all the chieftains to declare loyalty here tonight, and the rest will be convinced when I ride out in the coming days. I am glad it is working out, Zyre. And yes, it will be eventful, with the council and my challenge. I would, though have it more eventful yet. Now in the moment, I was hesitant to bring it out and suggest the marking. I knew not how to say it, my words fled me. And how would you make it more eventful? Speak your mind, Anlia. I would hear your thoughts. My mind was racing, not knowing how to broach this. One thing seemed most fitting, words with actions. I slipped my blade from off my shoulder, leaning it against the tent wall. I looked him in his dark brown eyes, with just the slightest hint of the orange flame. I knew my eyes were already burning yellow. I would see his eyes blaze for me, and I think I knew how to get what I desired. He was sitting now watching me, his eyes wandering over my body, if only he knew what I had just planned. Standing before him I reached up and undid the ties binding my leather vest together, slipping it off my shoulders letting him gaze at my naked chest. His eyes flared, but he did not move, just waiting to see what I was going to do. Zyre, I know your reasons for not claiming me. I approached him slowly, letting him watch me. Standing just before him, I slipped my leather breeches from over my hips, down my legs, standing completely naked before him. His huge member was alive, growing, pushing up against and out of the simple loincloth he wore. But Zyre, you could mark me, putting your scent upon me for all to know. I went down on my knees before him putting my hands on his muscular thighs, running my hands up and down his powerful legs. I parted them, slipping myself between them. He made no attempt to thwart me. He watched me intently, his eyes growing to a brighter flame. I tried to keep my eyes on my hands, but could not help looking up at him, looking for signs of disapproval. I saw none, only an intense stare as his manhood grew larger and harder. I ran my hands up the inside of his thighs, approaching his huge, hard-as-rock, pale green cock, his sack heavy, hanging low. Mark me, Zyre. Let me give you some release. How long has it been for you, Zyre? And give me release. My hands were now at the base of his hardness. I let one slide down, feeling and cupping his heavy sack. 
both of them filled more than my palm, as I rolled them round with my fingers. My other hand I let run up his huge shaft, feeling its hardness, its girth barely fitting in my hand as I closed my fingers around it. I wanted to feel every contour, every vein, every inch of it. I breathed hard and heavy, and even gasped slightly. I could only stare at the size of it as my hand ran from the base to the bulbous head. I was breathing through my mouth, lips parted slightly, mouth watering at the sight, and the thoughts going through my head. This was the first cock I had ever felt, and I felt weakened by the sensations. If I had been standing, I would have to brace myself on something. I held it so close to my face I could smell his musky odor, and I breathed deep. I wanted so much more doubt I gripped his shaft more firmly, and began to stroke it, mesmerized by how the skin moved with my hand, watching the head expand with every stroke down. He was still just watching me, eyes intently on mine. I moved closer to him and pushed my heavy breasts up on his lap, using his heavy shaft to part them and putting him between, still stroking him, now between my breasts. Mark me, I know it is what you want, and I would have it. Your seed will not be in me, it will only show your intent to claim me, take me, though I want you inside me, planting your seed I know you cannot, but you can mark me, put your scent upon me. Release yourself on me, let me please you and I will be pleased. You must need release, I know it has been some time, how long? Release on me, for me, because of me. Mark me Zyre, and give me my desire. Still holding him between my breasts, one hand stroking him the other pushing my breasts together around his shaft, I looked down, and with my long elf tongue, licked his crown as I brought him up between myself. The taste was new, and I know not how to describe it. His taste was like his musky scent, and I would have more, always more. After the first taste of his cock on my tongue, with every thrust up I took more of his head, not just licking, but between my lips, tightening my lips on his head, holding it, and using my tongue on him as I did. A groan from him, a shift in his hips, a slight push. I think he was trying to control himself, not thrust his cock deep in my mouth yet. Do you know what you are asking, Analia? Do you know what it means to be marked by an orc? I do, Zyre. And I would have you mark me. No other here or any to be under your command would dare touch me, and no pure blood elf would ever think to have me. I would have it so. It matters not that I can destroy anyone who attempts me. I would have them kept from me because of you, because you scented me, marked me. I whimpered when finally I felt his fluid begin to leak from his head, first running down his shaft onto my fingers a light white liquid, almost transparent then on my skin on my chest. He was not coming yet, just leaking, dripping on my skin. I first angled his shaft so it would leak on my skin directly, wetting my breasts, pressing him into my soft skin, taking him again between my soft mounds and riding him between them, my first taste of his fluid. Salty, just as Melee described it, a little bitter, I was surprised at first, but realized he was not coming yet. I licked his head, stroking him as I held my tongue on him, letting him drip and dribble on it. Watching me, a low growl, another movement of his hips, I opened my mouth wider, taking more of him in my mouth, tasting him. I was dripping down my legs, slipping one hand down between my legs and began sliding a finger in and out of my wet slit. Analia. He put one hand on the top of my head, not applying pressure, just holding it there. Hmm. 
I took him deeper, trying to remember what Mele had told me about taking such a large cock in my mouth, but it was hard just trying to focus on what I was doing, taking him deeper, and stroking him, breathing so I wouldn't have to stop. A marking means you will be covered and Leah, bathed in my seed. I will cover you in it, and my scent WLLB in every pore. There is no turning back from a marking, especially for you. If I mark you, I will claim you, do be certain what you ask. You will be an orc's consort forever, I will not let you go if you accept this act. And know this. This is no human or elf come. This is orc. Like a river bath, you will be dripping, covered head to foot, Anlia. You can wait for me to claim you if you so decide. I stopped sucking him, and pulled back but never let his shaft go. Looking at him, my eyes blazing yellow. Mark me. Bathe me in your seat. Cover me as you wish. Come as much as you need, want. Give me all you are holding. I cupped his sack again, for however long. Give yourself release on me, however you wish. Marking me, to me, makes me yours. Give me all of your seed. If you wish, should I say it another way? Come for me, on me. Come on me. Cover me in your cum, bathe me in your cum. Every pore of my body wants it. Give it to me, give me your cum, Zyre. I would be nobody else's, nor would I be anywhere but where you are. Come on me, mark me. I took him back in my mouth, my hands on his legs to brace myself as I drove my head down taking all of him that I could. I tried to keep my tongue moving on him like melee dade, but he filled my mouth completely and I couldn't. All I could do was try to breathe through my nose and move my head up and down. He doon put his hands on my head and began thrusting into me. I think he was trying to be gentle, but he is an orc, and he drove his shaft into my mouth deep. I gagged as his head hit the back of my throat. He was leaking his fluid into my mouth and down my throat the whole time but I couldn't swallow it all and it went out around his shaft, past my lips, and down my chin. I understood why Mele loved this. I was dripping, my own fluids running down my thighs and legs. If I could touch myself, my own orgasm would have exploded. He was grunting and growling while driving himself into my mouth, but I needed to stop, at least give my throat and mouth a break. I took half of his shaft out and began stroking him fast. I have never made a man come before, and I was eager for it. I wanted to taste it and feel it, watch it happen. I could use my tongue again, and I did so eagerly. Swirling it around his head, underneath, above, wrapping my tongue around it, stroking him, feeling his movements, he was still pushing into me, his hands on my head. I glanced up and saw him watching me devouring his monster cock like I was starving, and in a way I was. Starving to make him come mark me, starving to taste him, starving to have him fill me, my mouth with his seed. Then he suddenly gripped his hands on my head harder, holding me still, his cock half buried in my mouth, and he let put a grunting roar and unleashed his seed in my mouth. Wave after wave of his seed filled my mouth, pouring down my throat. I tried to relax like Melee said, but it was too much. I pulled off while he was still coming. His seed poured out like a fresh dug spring in the ground, gushing out of his swollen head, flooding my face, covering me completely. The taste was salty, but sweet and thick, thicker than I thought it would be. It stuck in my throat and was hard to swallow. It stuck on my tongue coating it, 
making me cough it up and spit some out, all while his cock kept raging come on my face, in my eyes and hair. I had to shut my eyes because it burned. I cleared my eyes so I could open them and when I did I saw him standing above me, holding his shaft in his hands still as hard as before. I could feel his semen running down my face, onto my neck and chest. I was in a shock I think because I could not figure out how I felt, just wet covered. My pale blue skin now almost snow white in his liquid. Zyre wasn't done yet. He pulled me from the floor by my arms and took me to his bed of furs and skins and laid me down on it. He stood above me, looking at my naked body, the upper part of completely covered in his thick seed. I lay there letting him watch me. His eyes were on fire, as were mine, lust overpowering any shame or modesty I may have. Running my hands up and down my body, through his liquid cum that covered my skin, up to my breasts, squeezing them together. I wanted more, and I knew he wanted to give me more. If you're not done, Zyre, if you have more to give, I would take it all, always. I always have more, Analia, and it will always be yours. He mounted the pile of skins and furs. Spreading his legs over me, he placed his still hard pale green cock between my cum-soaked breasts and grabbed them, squeezing them together. He quickly began thrusting his cock hard between them so hard my whole body was pushed back against the furs and skins beneath me, pushing them up behind me so I was no longer flat on my back, but my head and neck propped up. Now I could see as he thrust himself between my chest, fucking my breasts as I imagined he would fuck my body if only he would claim me. He grunted and groaned and his thrusting became faster and harder, his huge hands squeezing my breasts harder and harder. The weight of his cock between my breasts was a pleasure I did not expect and watching his cock thrust up between me was making me drip below even more. Watching his giant head swell, pushing ever closer to my mouth, I leaned in to taste it. Again, this must have excited him as he growled and pushed harder and further up, pushing his head against my lips, over and over again his head hitting my lips, until I parted them letting him push all the way into my mouth, tasting him again and his semen-covered cock until he was ready again. He stopped and stood above me, holding himself in his hand and again started coming. All over my chest, my waist, and hips, spraying somewhere else with every burst of his liquid until I was truly covered and dripping. When he stopped, I could feel it running down my sides, dripping everywhere, leaving almost no part of me without his seed upon me. You are marked, Analia. My scent covers you. It will be in every pore of your skin. All will know you are mine. Still... I would not leave you without pleasure, even though I cannot enter you, seating you, for a pure blood orc or elf would sense it, I can still give you something. We heard drums beat outside, a slow regular beat repeating over and over. Zyre, they are calling the council, should you not go? They can wait, I will not leave you without some satisfaction. He leaned on the furs beside me, and leaning half over me he placed his hand between my thighs and stroked my wet lips with his large fingers causing me to moan and open my legs for him. He slid a finger inside, pushing as deep as he could reach, and I was so consumed with desire my back arched, and then I grabbed his hand, pushing it into me more. Stroking his finger in and out of me, circling it around, pressing against my walls, slowly stretching me while driving in and out of me. In a moment I received release, letting my orgasm wash over his finger, pushing my hips into his hand. When I finally calmed down 
and thought he was done, he slipped a second finger inside, and drove them hard and fast inside me. I could hear his hand slapping against my skin as he fucked me with his fingers, watching my body respond to what he did to me. I was in ecstasy as he drove inside me as deep as his fingers would go, until I came again, and again after that. I could not take much more and finally put my hand firmly on his letting him know. I truly did not want him to stop but my body could take no more. The drums were still beating outside and getting louder. The council would be held just two hundred paces from Zyre's tent. I laid there breathless covered in his seat. You should go, Zyre. They will be waiting on you. I will join you shortly after I clean and dress. Very well. Join me soon. He put his loincloth on and left the tent, leaving me alone with my conflicting thoughts. To be continued in part two.